Hi, I'm Chris Klink, and you're listening to my Writing Table Podcast. Taylor Moore is a sixth-generation Texan who grew up on a farm and ranch northwest of Houston. He is a former CIA intelligence officer who worked in both analysis and operations. He now lives in the Texas Panhandle with his wife and two children, where he's a full-time author and speaker. Downrange is Taylor's debut novel in the first in a series featuring Garrett Cole. Welcome, Taylor. Well, thank you for having me on the show. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Tell us about Downrange. It's a little bit of a different type of thriller novel in that it's somewhere in between a, a military-style operator thriller that's mixed with a modern-day Western. So it's a little bit different. Uh, the main character is Garrett Cole, who is a DEA agent, and uh, you know, a little bit different. And people always want to know, well, you're a former CIA guy. Why are you writing about DEA? And so it's it's a little bit different take, but I definitely put the CIA stuff in there and the intel stuff. And so you got spies, you got military, you got all the Wild West aspects of a story. So basically, it, it starts out just to give you a little just a little background of where it starts and where it, where it ends up is um, as Garrett's working over in the DEA on a task force. Uh, he's tackling the opium trade, which is still a big problem over there. And, uh, and I always like to point out how what a brilliant in- intel guy I was, because years ago when I started writing this, I had set the stage that the United States had pulled out of Afghanistan. And this is sort of the after effects of what we were experiencing. And so here we are, lo and behold, this summer, as the book drops, so is, the, you know, that situation is playing out uh, firsthand. And so Garrett's over there. He's basically starts out trying to uh, he's, he's going to meet a source uh, by himself out in the Hindu Kush mountain range in Afghanistan. And he happens to just be in a place he shouldn't have been, see some things he shouldn't have seen. And he's on a mountaintop or overlooking a, a small village. And these raiders come in and basically massacre the village. He knows he's not supposed to be there. There's a 10-year-old little boy that happens to be getting away from these bad guys. And Garrett just, you know, he's a good Texan. He can't stop himself. He's got to intervene. And so he does and gets the boy out of there and takes him back to the CIA base where he's stationed. And that's a problem because uh, U.S. forces are not supposed to be operating in this restricted area. And he would have a lot of explaining to do as to how he ended up engaging the enemy when he wasn't supposed to and breaking rules of engagement and forget the fact that he had brought back a Afghan boy with him. And although he saved his life, it didn't diplomatically, that wouldn't play out very well in a period where we're trying to hand over control to the Afghans. So that poses a problem. And Garrett ends up in sort of hot water with the CIA and uh, ends up on this protective custody assignment back. He says, you know, you got to get this kid out of here and you, you got to keep him safe. And so Garrett thinks what better place than the Texas High Plains where I grew up on my ranch, which I know like the back of my hand, it's remote, it's secure. And on top of that, he needs to get back because he, he's been estranged from his family for a while. They've had some issues and he needs to get back anyway. So he says, you know, I'll just go back. We'll hide out. I'll keep the kids safe and I'll mend some fences while I'm there. You got this background as a CIA intelligence officer. When did you know that you wanted to write a book? You know, it's a funny thing. I wrote my first book about 20 years ago. And so, you know, a lot of people think it was because I did, you know, worked in the CIA or did contract military work. Uh, really, it wasn't because of that. It actually, uh, I, you know, since the time I was a kid, I've always been a storyteller. I've always had a wild imagination. Uh, I always liked all things international that, you know, if it's international relations or, you know, James Bond, uh, Indiana Jones, that kind of thing, but also like Westerns. I grew up on a farm and ranch in central Texas and also loved Larry McMurtry. And so, so I wrote my first book about 20 years ago when I was ranching with my dad. Uh, down in central Texas. And so didn't really take it seriously until just a few years ago. I always had that passion. I always wanted to, to tell stories. So how did you go from this manuscript to getting it published? Yeah. So uh, it, it's the same miserable journey that I think any author goes through that wants to, you know, particularly if you want to get with one of the bigger houses, 
it's not an overnight kind of uh, deal. It, it starts with uh, writing a really, really, really good manuscript. And I'm not saying mine's really good, but you got to put that level of it uh, because first of all, you need a literary agent and you don't need just any literary agent. You need someone that can get you a good editor and has those relationships. So my path for, you know, for trying to go for, for one of the bigger houses was long and, and uh, you know, it, it had its setbacks and, and all that kind of stuff. So I always tell people, you know, you got to put your head down, you got to drive forward. You, you can't be knocked down by, you know, the setbacks that come along the way, because, you know, when I first did my first round of queries, I had some pretty good luck, lots of rejections like everybody gets, but I had uh, three requests for full manuscript, which is, you know, my understanding is pretty good. Huh. And I sort of understand that having the CIA background and military contractor background probably got my toe in the door a little bit, but that sort of gets you a look, but you better be able to deliver. So, uh, so I had three people that said, okay, you know, the writing here, you know, is good enough for, for us to look at full manuscript. And the first person that got back to me was the agent that I have now. And he rejected me. So he wrote, he said, you know, I like your story. I like your writing. But here's about 15 things wrong with, with everything you've got. And so I looked at it and I thought, you know what, this guy's right. And, and I always tell people it wasn't just become some big uh, literary agent in New York, you know, told me I was wrong. He was right. I looked at what he said and he's a good editor and everything he said was spot on. Rewrote the entire book over the course of months and resubmitted. And I resubmitted to everyone because my agent didn't say, please send this back. He said, best of luck with, all, you know, kind of like saying, um, I appreciate it, but thanks, but no thanks, you know, but I'm not one to be stopped. And so I sent it to him. And so he did accept it. You know, he went back and I saw that I'd done all the things that he asked. And so he accepted me as a client. And so it, it just kind of begins there. And so I ended up going and rewriting that book one more time over the course of months, only to have my agent tell me, why don't we scrap this book all together and start? Oh, fresh? No. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you can imagine, I always joke. I said, you know, my, my agent was nice enough to let, you know, let me pick myself up off the floor and wipe the tears from my eyes and pull myself together before the conversation continued. But he said, I think this is the right thing to do. And the reason I'm writing about a DEA character, not a CIA character is because that first novel, that first series I was developing was CIA. Garrett Cole, the DEA agent was a secondary character in that novel he stole the show. And if I'm being honest about it, I knew he was stealing the show, but there was just nothing I could do about it. And so my agent recognized that. And he said, I think that's your protagonist. I think that's who we need to go with. And I say, we bring him back to Texas and see what you can do. And to just kill it, it was, it was a hard thing to do, but I woke up the next morning, probably three o'clock in the morning, the next day, started writing that new series and the writing had never come more easy to me. It was just, that was the right story. It was the right protagonist. Everything was right about it. And so again, over the course of months upon months, I've worked to develop that entire new book, an entire new series. And the reason I keep saying new series is because it's not like writing a standalone novel where you, you know, one and done. When you're developing this, you have to think in terms of years. If you're really thinking out that I want to do this for a living and I'm going to sell this thing as a series, you got to think, how is this going to work out? And you're planning all those characters in there that are going to have a background that people are going to want to follow for years, hopefully. So that's what I did and did that. Over the course of months, and my agent ended up pitching to my editor at Thriller Fest in New York, and uh, and it was a casual conversation. And you hear these stories, and it's kind of one of those stories where the editor heard it. And he's like, "Don't tell anyone. I like this. <laughs> you know, let's see where this thing goes." But I'm we're interested. We're interested. And so over the course of months, again, I you know finished it, submitted it. The editor had loved the concept, and he loved the book when he got it and bought it. And so we we did a two book deal. And so and my second book, I, I just turned in to my editor, and so. I need to start working on book three. I like to tell people this was probably over a four-year period to get to where I am now, where PubDate was yesterday. 
So for those who are serious about this and, you know, that's your goal to get on a bigger publisher, it's a long, long road and it's an exercise in patience and it's completely worth it. It's wonderful, but it's a long road to get there. So just everybody knows. And, and that's not only my story. I've heard a lot of the big writers. If you go to Thriller Fest, they say the exact same thing. And I was telling somebody the other day that, you know, I remember hearing Harlan Coben, I'm probably kind of butchering the story, but I remember, I think he had written, I think five books and maybe it was on his sixth book where his agent said, I got you a, a big advance instead of $5,000, it was $6,000 advance or something. It was something crazy that when you think Harlan Coben, how could this be? And again, that's probably not the exact story, but it was something to that, that effect. So it's a long road. The answer to your question, that's a very long road. Well, and it was it uh, Delia Owens, the crawdads book. Mm-hmm. She was 70 when that was published. Yeah. Yeah. You, you right. want to complain and you want to moan about it, but then you hear that something like that and you're like, never mind. In downrange, how does fiction compare to reality? Huh. You know, given my background, I want it to be very realistic, but at the same time, it's entertainment, right? So you can't, you know, I can't have this guy sitting at his computer all day long doing research, you know, or Intel work or writing up reports. So it's got to move quickly. And the book does move quickly. And I did that by design. Obviously it's, just, it's a thriller and I, I meant for it to be a page turner. And the the feedback from readers I've been getting is that it is one of the best pieces of feedback or compliment I've been getting is that I've had people say I spent way too many late nights trying to like get resolution, you know, and, and by design, I, I won't let you do that. I'll give cliffhanger after cliffhanger after cliffhanger until you get to the end. The only resolution is getting to the end. And when you get to the end, you're going to want to read the next one. Since beginning as a fiction writer, what's been your biggest challenge? Challenge. I think it's just, you know, you, you kind of heard me tell my story about getting there. It's just having that exercise and patience. And I remember it took so long, you know, over four years. And and people would ask me this question. You probably know this as a writer. People would say, I'd see people I haven't seen in a while. And they go, hey, where can I get your book? You know, and they're just being nice. But at the same time, I would think I don't even have a publisher, you know, and, and I know they're thinking, wow, man, I can't believe you're doing this. You're not going to make it. And so it's a funny thing. I think it's just keeping that patience and knowing this is going to happen at some point. As some people, that book will be in people's hands. They'll be like, he did it. But it's embarrassing. You know, it's embarrassing to have people ask, where are things? And and you go, it's a year out. It's two years out or whatever it is. And then they say, why uh, does it take so long? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Why does it take so long? Well, you know, it's a funny thing, you know, and, and I finally, you know, I wonder the same thing. But then when you see all the rewrites that goes through and all the edits, and then there's a whole marketing machine and publicity machine that goes into this thing that builds. And for you to get the, you know, I got a lot of good blurbs that are on the book and, to, you know, to give these famous authors time to read a book and respond, you got to give them some time because they're, you know, the life that's busy. And so, uh, so there's a lot that goes into it to sort of getting the book out and getting the, the, all the marketing side of this done too, and all the edits. And it's a big machine. It's a big machine to get going, but it takes a long time. I was surprised how long, but, but then when you see it happen, you kind of get it. I think I was three years into the first book and I'd already written a couple other manuscripts that I'd shelved. And my friend said, well, you know, it's a statistical impossibility to get published. It's like, what am I doing? It's a strange thing. And, you know, I heard the course, the same thing, but and it is weird because, you know, I go into Barnes and Noble and I'll look around at the thriller section and it's really not that big, you know, and now my books with those guys and, and some of these books, it's not like they came out this year. I mean, you've got the hunt for red October up there, you know, from the eighties or whatever. And, and so to get amongst those, it is tough. You, you do think about the odds and it's probably not good. And if you really knew it, you <laughs> probably would not to, to make another choice, but 
I don't know. I just kind of threw my hat in the ring and said, let's see if we can do this. I don't think many of us make the choice. It's just a matter of acknowledging what's happening. I don't think writers are made. I think we're born writers. And it's just a matter of learning how to hone our craft. I remember reading in Stephen King, you know, his book on writing. And I remember it kind of almost irked me at the time because it's almost saying like, you're either a writer or not. And at the time I hadn't really written anything. I was like, well, that, how dare he say that? But I sort of get what gets what he means at this point, you know, because people ask me, well, how do you do this? And I'm like, I can't really explain it. I just sit down and start writing. Yeah. And it's the worst. I never give good answers, but I, I don't know how to give the answer. There's no like manual to it. You know, you just sit down and like, well, I just, I know I have a concept. I put it together. I know I need to get from point A to point B and I just sit there and write it. And they're like, well, how? I'm like, I don't know. I just do, you know? And so there is something to sort of being born to do it. I don't know if it's entirely teachable. You know, and to piggyback on that, it's, it's a yet back to what I was saying. I think that we are born writers, not made writers, but I also think to be a writer, you also have to get the butt in the chair. And if your mm-hmm. butt's not in the chair, yeah. you can say, I, I'm going to write a book all your life, but it's not going to get written and edited and rewritten. And I don't think people understand how many times books have to be what they see on the shelf. I, I'd heard you say, I'd heard it said, you have to have an iron butt. And that's absolutely true because it's a lot of button chair. Kristen Higgins says, get your head down, button chair. Great advice. What has surprised you the most about the writing life? How busy it is. When I started doing this full time, I thought, man, this is going to be great. I'm going to have all this extra time. I'm not on schedule with a traditional job. So, you know, there may be days I'm going to go just take a day off and go do whatever and have that was absolutely positively false, 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 false. So now, now that I'm a writer, I have less time than I've ever had in my life, you know, to meet my second book deadline. I think I wrote seven days a week for, I think, seven months, all day, every day. And and how busy I would be again. I I had this delusion that I was just kind of have all this free time. And it's going to be this really like cush, cool life. I'm working out of my office and, and I do, but I, I work all the time. I absolutely work all the time. Nancy Myers, something's got to give with mm. Diane Keaton. And there are yeah. scenes where she's in her beach house. She's got this big white desk in front of this mm-hmm. big window. And we see her go to the desk for, you know, a little bit here and a little bit there. But then the rest yeah. of the time we see her in her beautiful kitchen and we see her having all this fun. It's like, that is not what the writer nope. life looks like. Sorry. <laughs> nope. No, it doesn't. No, it's just closed doors and darkness or whatever, you know, just right yeah. there in front of your screen all day, every day. Yeah, that's exactly. it. Guests often tell me how their author friendships have helped them get through the most difficult days. Has this been the case in your experience? Absolutely. Positively, it has been. And I, t- and I did a book signing last night. I said, you know, a lot of times people think writer is, you know, they don't think it's a team sport, but it is. And absolutely. And, and fortunately for me, I've had this really good group of mentors and two uh, writers I've been fortunate to have as mentors, Jody Thomas, Linda Brody. They're the, the greatest ladies you'll ever meet in your life. And they've been with me through thick and thin. They've mentored me. They've taught me. They've been my friends. They pumped me up when I needed it. They talked me off the ledge when I needed it, you know? And so absolutely anybody out there that wants to be a writer, you need good writer friends because only another writer will understand, you know, your spouse can help or your friends, but only a writer understands the pains and the joys too. So you need that. So what would you recommend to new writers on how to find their tribe? Well, I think every writer community probably has, you know, some sort of an association if it's a big enough town, you know, that a writer's group or something like that. So get plugged in with your writer's group. And it may not be your tribe or your direct contact of, you know, best friends or whatever. 
but they can lead to that. And you're going to meet people there and they may say like, Oh, you're writing, you know, fantasy or whatever. Well, you should meet so-and-so. And that that's how it's worked out for me. But, you know, I tell people too, a lot of writers are sort of introverts and I get that, but you just got to get over it and you got to put yourself out there and you got to network. And I don't care if you don't like it, you just better do it. Because if you ever do become a, a writer that gets published, you've got to promote yourself and you've got to be out there. So get over it is all I can say. If you really want to do this, you just have to. And I've met people and I am an extrovert, so I admit it's easier for me. But I think there's two major things that people have connected me because I got my butt out of my chair. One time at a coffee shop and I just thought this guy was reading a cool book. I went and introduced myself and he became one of my best friends and introduced me to his writing group. And at that writing group, I saw this like weirdo guy that read this really cool stuff. And I was like, that guy's so crazy. And his writing is so awesome and weird. I got to let meet him. Well, he ended up becoming one of my closest friends and he introduced me to Jody and Linda. And because I got my butt out of the chair and went and shook his hand, I made those contacts. So folks, if you're ever sitting there and you're thinking, I'd like to meet this person or whatever it is, don't just think about it. Get up and do it. Don't even like hesitate because you never know where it'll lead. In your view, what is good writing? Uh, good writing is something that pulls you in and, and doesn't let go. For me, that's where I did a lot of research before I started doing a thriller because a lot of thriller stories are character driven. And to me, those are the best ones because you can have the best plot in the world. And I know, I know, I know there's the exceptions to the rule out there where the characters are kind of despicable, but you still like it because the plot's so good. And that's fine. I mean, if you can write a plot that good, I don't know if I can, but those are few and far between. But I think the key is having characters that you care about. And, and that was one thing when I was doing research, you know, I'd read tons of these thriller novels and it wasn't that the writing wasn't good or the plot wasn't good, but you know, at the end of the day, I, I would read hundred, 150 pages and go, okay, well, I've seen what they've done here. And I thought, well, you shouldn't be able to do that. You should have to see it through. And I think a lot of it was because, you know, maybe the terrorist was going to blow up, you know, city square or whatever. And and I don't really care because I didn't know anybody in the city square. I mean, in theory, I cared, but yeah. in reality, they were just people that I'd never met before. And so I think you have to have that buy-in from the reader by having characters that you like. And so I work so hard to not just have my protagonist that way, but to have every character in there. And I don't want people to skim over, you know, we've all had those books where you're like, I like this guy. And then you get to this one part and I'm like, this guy is kind of boring. So I'll just skim through. I didn't want that. I, so I tried my hardest to make sure and really have every character to buy in on every character. What's the best writing advice you've received? The writing advice I've been given for people, it wasn't necessarily advice that I'd received. But whenever I wrote and finished a book before I started writing this, I wrote a young adult 20 years ago and another, I wrote another young adult before I started the series that I'm doing now, the thrillers. I had multiple people tell me, you finished a book. And people have said, you don't know what an accomplishment that is because there are people that consider themselves writers and they've never finished a book. And I didn't really know that, but it stuck with me. And so what the reason that it is important is because you can write three quarters of a book and start all these fires and do all these horrible things to your protagonist. But if you can't pull that all together in a meaningful way and in that book and wrap it all up, I mean, that's the hard part. That's where the rubber meets the road as a writer. You got to be able to do that. So I say, if you really want to be a writer, don't just say, I'm going to start this or start something else. Start and finish a book and make sure you do it. Now, if you just like writing because it's fun and this is your hobby and this is your release, start a million books and never finish and just enjoy the process. But if you really want to be a writer, you want to be a novelist, start and finish a book. Your next book comes out when? 
it'll be about this time next year, next summer. So the book's already in. And so here we go, that long process again of, of edits and all that kind of stuff and the, the build up to the next one. But no, that'll be out this time next year. But anybody wants to learn anything more about me, I'm at taylormorebooks.com. Thank you, Taylor. Well, thanks for having me on. Music by Pavel Uden and photography by Casey Meineke. Sound editing by Podcast Engineers. If you like what you're hearing, hit the subscribe button and consider leaving a review. 